Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Hey, Jets fans, I'm back. And I don't know about you, but I was suffering and still am suffering a severe bout of Pierre-Luc Dubois fatigue. But uh, it looks like, and hopefully, that could be remedied uh, as early as Monday, but probably Tuesday, Wednesday for sure before the draft. So let's get into it. Uh, Number one, it's been three weeks since our last podcast, and as I suspected, I didn't miss a thing. I have to give props to the podcasts that keep on plugging away every day, but I'm not a big fan of speculation and what-ifs. Now, in saying that as we get closer to the draft this Wednesday, you know, the rumors surrounding the Jets are ramping up and coming from credible sources and not Johnny Shitstain blogging from his basement. If you don't hear it from guys like Pierre Lebrun, Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman, Darren Drager, Dave Pognatter, Frank Cervelli, or any of the other credible sources, it's just basically, you know, blogger clickbait. You know, and I can't blame those guys. Uh, for me, it's a nice thing being the boss. I can do my podcast whenever I want. I'm not in it for the money. I just like talking to other Jets hockey fans. So, uh, you know, in saying that, uh, like I said earlier, I give kudos to those uh, those guys that churn out uh, stuff every day. It's not easy talking about the same thing over and over again. Uh, let's move on to number two. Um, the NHL's 2023 buyout window is open from June 16th to the 30th. And it looks like a Blake Wheeler buyout or trade is going to happen. Throughout the rest of this podcast, um, I'm going to be using a lot of uh, tweets from Twitter, obviously, and some, a lot of quotes from uh, insiders like Darren Drager, Elliot Friedman, Pierre Lebrun, etc. And I'm going to read them in chronological order, just so you can see the progression of how uh, things went last week. Uh, the first one I have is from Darren Drager, and uh, he says, As has been the case since the buyout window opened, this is an option for the Winnipeg Jets and Blake Wheeler. There is some trade interest, so the Jets will continue to work through the process. Next, I have a couple quotes from Elliot Friedman, uh, and they were both from last Friday. With Wheeler, I understand that everyone is kind of on the same page with this. He understands that he's either getting traded or he's getting bought out. And I think they're just working together to find what's the best solution. I think both sides realize it's time to move on. And I think they're working together to find the best way to do it. It's going to be one or the other. And then he says after that, uh, Elliot Friedman says he expects this will be Wheeler's last week as part of the organization. And then he says, wouldn't be surprised to see Dubois get dealt at the draft. Speculates Shifley in Boston are of interest, but it's been pretty quiet there. A little later on, I'll look at the uh, the numbers, etc., with the Blake Wheeler buyout and things like that. And uh, it's kind of funny, last week, um, we really didn't hear much about Hellebuck. There's a little bit of chatter about Hellebuck, and we'll get to that coming up. Um, also, Shifley, um, very quiet on the Shifley front. Uh, for the last three to four days, it's been all about Pierre-Luc Dubois and uh, Blake Wheeler. Uh, but in number three, Pierre-Luc Dubois' agent, Pat Brisson, is interested in working with the Jets organization to find uh, find him a new home. This could be a win-win situation for Dubois, Brisson, and the Winnipeg Jets. 
Uh, it could help them gain leverage in having more teams interested in PLD. And this is a big if he were interested in going to rumored teams like LA, uh, New York Rangers, Boston, as well as the Habs. The more teams that get involved could raise the AAV for PLD and also could raise the return for the Jets. And it makes sense because uh, really it's about you get more teams involved. Uh, it could potentially help the Jets uh, in their return in the trade market. But also, too, uh, you could turn the, the other teams into a little bit of a bidding war, which will get uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois the best money he can get, which, of course, uh, <laughs> uh, is in Pat Brisson's best interest, too, because he gets a cut of that. Um, this is a quote from Pierre Lebrun from earlier in the week. He said, the Los Angeles Kings are one of multiple teams to join the Montreal Canadiens in the hunt for Winnipeg Jets center Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, Dubois' agent, Pat Brisson, and the Jets believe there will be a robust market for their restricted free agent services. Uh, and then on Friday, Elliot Friedman said he thinks Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to narrow it, his list down to two or three teams because the Winnipeg Jets need to know by the draft, and he understands the urgency. Um, also, too, um, this is a tweet from Murata Tess from The Athletic, and he says, I'm hearing Los Angeles and Pierre-Luc Dubois are talking contract extension. Between that and the pieces of the trade, plenty to work out, but I'm getting you know the sense that things are well on their way. And I just read just seconds before I started the podcast that that's not true. Um, Pat Brisson and uh, the LA Kings have not been given permission by Kevin Dayoff to start working on a trade. Uh, Kevin Dayoff is en route to Nashville for the draft. So uh, maybe they, they want to make sure um, that the package is correct before they start, you know, putting the cart before the horse. But... Uh, uh, it depends who you believe, and you know, <laughs> there's there's a lot of misinformation out there, and a lot of uh, um, hopeful tweets by even some of the media, because they're getting tired of it too. They want to see what's going on, but uh, so right now we're at that point where chronologically going through the Dubois talks, uh, as we know right now, Alex Ayafalo and Gabriel Velarde seem to be the te- the, the players of interest to the Jets that are on the table. Like I said, uh, we'll never know if that's true until the trade actually happens. Number four, could the New Jersey Devils be a match with the Winnipeg Jets in a Connor Hellebuck trade? Maybe, but money could be an issue. And this was from, I think, around Wednesday. Pierre Lebrun said, The New Jersey Devils are one of the teams that we understand that Connor Hellebuck would be interested in signing an extension with. It would have to be a sign-and-trade, of course. Now, they're not the only team, of course, and listen, New Jersey has investigated it. They've had conversations with Winnipeg. Hellebuck would want an extension. Uh, we believe that to be in the Andre Vasilevsky range of $9.5 million a year. But does that work for New Jersey's salary cap structure? You know, I think the price would have to come down for New Jersey to get more involved in this. Moving on to number five. For those of you that know me, you'll know I'm not a fan of Mark Hillier's work as Chevy's number one amateur scout. The Jets have done a nice job of identifying good players in the first round, but a draft and develop team that can't sign and attract free agents has to be better than the other teams in the later rounds. Example, like getting Connor Hellebuck in the fifth round, you know, and Adam Lowry in the third round. 
Yeah, the Hockey News showed uh, a chart that was showed the drafting from the third round on by the 30 teams, and they eliminated uh, Vegas and Seattle because they're just so new. And it shows the number of picks that have played more than 100 NHL games. The Winnipeg Jets rank 28th out of 30 teams. That's pretty underwhelming, isn't it? To be fair, I'm not going to lay all this at Mark Hillier's feet. I mean, the whole scouting staff, you know, and the general manager himself um, have to take some of the responsibility. But in my opinion, the Winnipeg Jets spend too much time scouting the USHL teams, uh, not enough time looking in their own backyard, and certainly not enough time in the Western Hockey League. And if you look at Mark Hillier's background, and you look at his, his drafts with the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're absolutely abysmal. The Leafs didn't start getting better until they punted him. So I, I don't know about Mark Hillier. I haven't liked him for a long time. And uh, like I say, every, <laughs> every draft you have a chance to redeem yourself. And we'll see where the Jets go uh, this Wednesday. Number six. I still have this gut feeling that Mark Shifley will be a Winnipeg Jet <laughs> when training camp opens in September. Now, I'm not saying that he won't be traded at some point this offseason or by the 2024 trade deadline, but I wouldn't be surprised if he signs a long-term extension either. Number one centers, even if they're flawed, don't grow on trees. Uh, this has been my feeling right from the get-go. I just don't think there's any way that the Jets are going to trade Shifley and Dubois unless they're getting a top six center back. I know a lot of people <laughs> think that Shifley's the bad apple of this bunch. Um, I don't believe so. I think I think the guy that was running the show, and I hate to admit this because I like Blake Wheeler, but uh, I think maybe uh, removing him you know, buying him out and when he's gone, I think that's going to really change the uh, dynamics of that locker room. And yeah, Mark Shifley's flawed defensively, but fuck, I guess, I think I tweeted this out today. Mark Shifley looks like the second coming of Patrice Bergeron compared to Kyle Connor's defensive play. I just don't understand why this whole fucking fan base is just all over Mark Shifley. They think that he's the, the cancer, he's such a bad defensive player, and you fucking look at his... Uh, his body of work, his numbers are terrific. He com he does compete pretty good. Yes, he uh, he makes uh, he does make defensive errors, but then look who uh, you know, and his analytics don't look great either. But look who's been the fucking left winger for him for how many years? Kyle Connor. He's the laziest. I think I even said today that he might be the worst defensive player in NHL history. He's how many? I mean, he's a gifted a gifted scorer, even though he didn't have a great goal scoring year this year. And he's got oodles of talent and can skate like the wind. But he's fucking lost defensively. You know, you would think by now the number of years he's been in the league uh, that he'd be a better defensive player. But it, and it's I don't get how he gets a free pass. Like he's like I said all year, I was calling him <laughs> Teflon Kyle. Uh, nothing sticks to him. Uh, people point to the, uh, the benching uh, from Rick Bonus in Carolina. Fuck, who got all the backlash there? And even from our own media, was Mark Shifley. Kyle Connor was benched in that game too, and he didn't meet the media after, and nothing was much, no, nothing much was said about him either. So um, let's get a bit of a level playing field here. I'm not trading Mark Shifley 
just for the sake of trading him. If we get, you know, a good value back for him, sure, let's let's move on. But uh, he's still one of my favorite players. He was the first ever Winnipeg Jet drafted. Um, I'd like to see him stay, and I'd like to see him make all these fuckers eat their words. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. We'll uh, we'll see what happens in the well the coming weeks. Let's move on to number seven. Uh, this seems to be getting some traction, and uh, it's a little bit of repetition here, but this is uh, from Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period, and he tweeted this out today. Uh, what he says in his tweet is, all eyes are on the Kings as they try to get to the finish line with the Jets to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois. Multiple players slash pieces would be going to Winnipeg if this gets done, including Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and an extension for PLD would be expected. And later on in the day, Ken Weeb from Sportsnet uh, also mentioned that he believes that Jansen Harkins could be a piece going the other way because, uh, you know, the LA Kings are going to be right up against the cap and he's got a good contract and he's not a bad player that can maybe fill out their fourth line. Uh, he also mentioned that would the Jets be interested and throwing Jonas Corpusalo in there, who is a UFA. And, of course, that gives them a little bit of time to talk to him, you know, before the July 1st deadline. Um, interesting, interesting thoughts. I think there's a, um, if there's going to be a Connor Hellebuck trade, I would think whoever they're talking with, New Jersey or whomever, even Boston could be like a guy like Swayman coming back. They talk with Jersey, maybe Vitek Vanacek. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who knows what's uh, happening there, but uh, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot of moving pieces happening, and uh, uh, I think with the Jets, the first domino that has to fall is the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. Uh, I don't know that there's the urgency in the Hellebuck one, but uh, PLD is, uh, like I think it's uh, job one, priority number one. Uh, number eight, let's move on here. Gary Bettman told Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman teams will not wear the specialty jerseys in warm-ups next year. Wow. You know, if there was ever a reason to hate Gary Bettman more than you already do, uh, it's this. He's such a gutless fucking puke. And uh, there's been a lot of backlash on Twitter um, you know, for the Board of Governors calling them gutless and calling them weasels. But the fact of the matter is Gary Bettman recommended this to them and they voted on it and accepted it. And this is the quote from Gary Bettman. I've suggested that it would be appropriate for clubs not to change their jerseys and warm-ups because it's become a distraction and taking away from the fact that all of our clubs in some form or another host nights in honor of various groups or causes, we would rather the, them to continue to get the appropriate attention that they deserve and not be a distraction. Well, fuck off, Gary. I mean, this has nothing to do with the theme nights. Why don't you just fucking be a man and come out and say it, that uh, it's all about the Pride Night. And uh, I thought there was a brilliant piece done by Peter Young this week. And it's, he does them on Twitter, and it's uh, it's called Just a Minute. And he addressed this fact, too. And he basically said it sounds like fucking Batman is kowtowing to, you know, to NBC and Fox and that. Um because it got to be a bit of a topic uh, during the playoffs and they wanted to get away from it. You know, Fox News is now number one in the States. Oh, fuck, Lord help us. And uh, uh, that they were catering to them. And the, the part that gets me about this is, uh, 
you know, like there's no transparency whatsoever. Are you trying to fucking tell me that, uh, you know, military appreciation night is a distraction? You know, hockey fights cancer is a distraction. The St. Patrick's Day green uniforms are a distraction. Ah, man, come on. Like, why don't you just admit it that you're kowtowing and catering to the fucking 5% of idiots, idiot players that don't want to wear it because of religious reasons or the Russian players that are afraid there may be a retribution against their families back in Russia? Come on, that's, that's so weak. I mean, come on, man. But, you know... Like, he announces this right towards the end of Pride Month. Fuck, is he brutal. Well, you know, it's time for him to leave. That's one of the weakest calls he's he's made. And I'm not just saying this because I hate his guts. It's a lame reason. It's really just unacceptable. Let's move on to number nine. There has been lots of talk about Winnipeg Jets buying out the final year of Blake Wheeler's contract. I'm not sure whether they will or they will not. I'd say it's 50-50 between a buyout or a trade where the Jets retain part of its salary. Either way, it's going to cost them some money. This year is Blake Wheeler's last year of uh, money on the books. His actual salary and his cap hit are $8,250,000. And the buyout is two-thirds of the remaining salary. So the buyout would be $5.5 million. The team would save uh, $2,700,000, but they would also have a cap penalty of $2.75 million for the next two seasons. Now, stay with me, because tossing out these numbers can be confusing at times. So, this is how it works. It would cost the Jets a one-time cash outlay of $5,500,000 to be free of Wheeler's contract with an overall saving of 2.75 million. Now Wheeler could become an unrestricted free agent. So the Jets have now gained 5.5 million in cap space, and that's including the 2.75 million buyout penalty for the 2023-24 season. The Jets would also incur the same cap penalty of 2.75 million for the 2000 24-25 season. Now, there's also the possibility they can make a trade where some team takes Wheeler and they retain half the salary, part of the salary. I guess it all depends what's going, you know, both ways, right? And it's all, you know, nice and uh, easy to say, do this and do that, buy this out, buy that out. But the bottom line is the Winnipeg Jets have only bought out um, one player in their history, and it was Mark Stewart. And his salary was nowhere close to this. I know, I mean, it's an admission of a mistake when you got to do a buyout. Can you imagine going to your owner and saying that, you know, we made a colossal mistake and it's going to cost you five and, five and a half mil to get out of it? Well, in this case here, I'm pretty sure Mark Chipman knew because, like I say, he's running the show. But what does David Thompson think? Um, there's nothing like, uh, you know, paying a, play to that type of money to go away it just it just uh, it, I mean it it makes sense from a hockey sense strictly a hockey sense any business or organization is not going to feel good about just pissing away five and a half million dollars so therein lies the rub 
Uh, I know the Jets would love to trade him and have somebody, you know, take the whole salary. Maybe a team that needs to, uh, you know, get to the salary cap floor. I mean, I know the Jets are still looking at uh, all different situations, but nobody's lining up to help the Jets, let's be honest. And uh, I think the bottom line is uh, Mark Chipman, David Thompson, and True North are going to end up uh, going the buyout route. And uh, that's probably not a bad thing to do. Um, let's move on to number 10, some odds and ends. It's going to be a busy week for the Winnipeg Jets with the draft happening on Wednesday and Thursday. And then free agency starts on Saturday. Plus, we have all these looming uh, trades and speculation of trades. And uh, like I said, uh, this is going to be, you know, they say the summer of Chevy. Forget that. How about the week of Chevy? Uh, they've left it to the last minute. And it's probably by, probably by design in a sense that the longer you wait, that's when the other teams that get involved get serious. That's why, uh, you know, all these rumored trades you hear all year, they don't happen right until the, the trade deadline, trying to make the best deal and, you know, see see how the market is. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be busy. And uh, I'll just move on to the next point. And this is <laughs> kind of funny. With all of the rumors and all the talk about Blake Wheeler, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, um, even Mark Scheifele, uh, the actual player that, uh, the one player that's actually asked for a trade is Logan Stanley. And we haven't heard uh, nothing from, uh, or nothing from or about him for, geez, weeks now. There was a little bit of a minor rumbling out of Washington that they were interested. But uh, I guess he's not a, you know, a big priority. He's a, he's a small fish right now as it pertains to the, the other players' names that are bandied about. But if they are going to trade him, I'm sure they wouldn't mind, especially if there's going to be a draft pick involved, they'd like to get that done right away too. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> My next point here is kind of funny. Uh, all right. I love how Jets fans are so readily willing to spend Mark Chipman's and David Thompson's money. I mean, it's only $5.5 right? right? <laughs> I mean, fans just, well, I'll buy him out, buy him out, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, you know, it's easy. It's a it's a great decision, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I mean, yes, uh, it is a it's a it's a hockey decision for sure, and it's probably you know, beneficial to the Jets. But uh, I don't know any millionaires that like just like pissing away five and a half million. So uh, I always get a kick out of that. Uh, next, uh, in an ideal world, the Jets brass would love to have their roster moves done. Know, sooner than later early this week so they know how much cap space they have going into free agency which like I said is uh, on Saturday and which holes to fill you know the, as soon as they make the trades they can start evaluating what you know what positions they need if they're even going to be involved in free agency who knows but um, it's going to be one hell of a week and like I said I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast the first domino that has to drop is Pierre-Luc Dubois I, and then I think the next one that's important, like we all know Blake Wheeler's gone. Well, 99.9% that he's gone. But the uh, the wild card in this one is Connor Hellebuck. If, uh, you know, okay, let's just say the Jets do fairly well in these trades. Mark Shifley, you know, he's going to be back. Does Connor Hellebuck uh, change his tune about, uh, I don't want to be part of, he, said, he did say, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. 
well, if if some of these trade rumors that are out there happen and they actually get some decent players, it might not be a rebuild. And like I've always said, more of a retool. I know True North Sports and Entertainment, Mark Chippen, Kevin Sheveldayoff, and that didn't have an appetite for a complete teardown and rebuild. Uh, they always said they wanted to retool, and uh, you know if they get some, if they get equal value and maybe you know cash in on a free agent here or there, you know maybe they become competitive, and maybe Connor Hellebuck goes, eh, well, you know maybe it's not so bad. Uh, I kind of have a funny feeling, that, and he's one of those American players that just wants to get back home, and it might not even matter. I mean, Andrew Kopp was the same way. He's a Detroit guy, and, and look where he ended up. Uh, you know, there's rumors of Hellebuck to New Jersey, Hellebuck to Boston. Uh, I'm sure we could get a good return there, <laughs> especially in New Jersey. They got some good young players they could part with, so uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they better shit and get off the pot with Helly too, because that... Uh, that's a trade that needs to be done by Wednesday, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, my last little tidbit here, I go, uh, Braden Yeager uh, from the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL is a player I have my eye on it uh, for the Winnipeg Jets at the 18 slot on Wednesday night at the entry draft. Um, I saw him play a few times, actually, and uh, you know, pretty decent center, six feet, competitive, uh, he was over a point per game in the WHL, which is pretty darn good. I mean, he's not uh, he's not Connor Bedard, but uh, he'd be a useful player, I think. Uh, he's just the type of player that might fall into their laps. Um, he might not. He might be gone at 18. He might. He might go later than 18. It's just one guy that I kind of had my eye on, and I mean, there's there's some guys that are going to fall in that range at once again. They come from that U.S. National Development Team in Ann Arbor, and they do pump out some good players, but fuck, man, that's basically an all-star team. Can you imagine if the best 22 players were on a Canadian National Development Team? I actually wonder if uh, and they get a lot of players drafted from that out of that program, and kudos to them, but how many guys are actually, you know, legitimate picks and how many guys are riding the coattails of the stars i mean there is you look back to the austin matthews era and uh, some of the players are on those teams and like they're nowhere to be found now um i just i'm not a big fan of it's like i said i'm calling it like it is it's basically an all-star team you know u.s hockey puts uh you know 22 23 guys the best players they can recruit uh in that in Ann Arbor, and they go play in the USHL, and uh, yeah, of course uh, they should be good. I mean, it's, I mean, I I believe that probably eighty five percent of the their uh, under twenty junior teams come off that roster, so uh, they do a good job with that, and they you know they play together all year long. So to me, it's just it's just not a good way to evaluate a player. I like to watch them and see how they play on their own merit. You know, without being on a stacked, basically, all-star team. In saying that, I think it's time to go for this week. Uh, it's going to be a busy week. I think it's going to be <laughs> a, a life-changing week for a lot of Jets players. And uh, this team could look a hell of a lot different come the fall. But uh, I know a lot of Jets fans are uh, really anticipating some big moves here. The only thing that would really suck is... Uh, 
is uh, after this podcast is done, then a bunch of these trades actually happen, and maybe I'll have to reboot and <laughs> to redo part of the podcast. But uh, uh, for you regular guys out there that uh, always look me up here, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you know where you can find us at WinnipegHockeyTalk.com. You can find us on all the different uh, podcast outlets, Google, uh, Amazon, uh, Spotify, yeah, you name it, we're probably there. Uh, until next week, let's wish the Jets and Chevy some good luck uh, in the trade market and at the draft, and uh, let's hope everything goes good for us.